0: Hi. Today's session, we have Janet Oakley as our guest speaker. And uh, I've known Janet for several years now. Actually, she was the first guest author on Durham and Publishing. So I thought that was a great way to step off. And we'll talk to her. She is an excellent author, has done many books, and to my understanding, has done both traditional publishing and Indian publishing. Indie publishing. So, let's say hello to Janet. Good morning, Janet.
1: Thanks so much for inviting me. We'll get the I thing figured out. So <laughs> <laughs> we will. Uh, we're not exactly polished here, but
0: we're going to do our job, and we'll get information to you, our listeners, to her books. Uh, you've got a brand new one coming out, like in a week or next month, as well as some existing. Uh, which we know, Quisling Factor, that's an important one. But what are your your series of books? What do you have?
1: Well, it's funny. You never think you're writing a series. You just sort of get interested. So I definitely have to say that the Norwegian books are a series now. So the new one coming out in September 16th is when I do the um, Village Book. um, It'll be a live event, and I'll be doing some other stuff, Zoom and couple other live events but it's uh it's coming out on the 16th and it's called the Brizzling code so i never thought i'd write a prequel but i just had to go back to norway in world war ii and there was just a line in Yssing which is the original book it was a standalone although i already started writing a, a sequel to that the Quizzling factor so now i have bristling Yssing and Quizzling. i was going to have a a sequel to Quisling called The Yeager War, and I am still may do that. But the other ones that are becoming a series, maybe it's more of a Northwest series where um, the earliest one is Mischievous, which is set in 1860 out on San Juan Island, which is during the Washington Territory period. And then I have a 1907 Timber Rose, and I have a Tree Soldier, 1930. that's 35 in the Pacific Northwest. That's so. right,
0: that's based in the Pacific Northwest. Uh-huh. And then you go jump all the way across the world to the other side, your mm-hmm. uh, Quizzling Factor, and, and Brizzling Code, and and those sets, which is World War II issue things. Um, and then you did something in Hawaii.
1: That's right. I lived in Hawaii eight and a half years. I'm a proud UH grad. And uh, so I um, wrote, wrote mysteries. I call them mysteries with history because I just can't stay away from history. So uh, I had a lot of fun writing those. They were originally part of a Kindle world with Toby Neal. She writes wonderful thrillers set there. She grew up in Hawaii and uh, is really very much centered into um, being there. And she started writing mysteries. And they had a Kindle world maybe about eight years ago now where you could do licensed fan fiction. You had permission from the, the author to be able to have your your book and her world, but you had to know her world, like all the characters down to where, what kind of clock they carried. And it was a huge learning curve, but a really good one because I learned how to write fast. So does that make you a plotter or a pantser? I'm probably an in-between, I'm, I'm a researcher. Researcher. Right, and because I have all this historical stuff in there, I'm sorry, I would be in history and it's, I'm pretty much a history nerd. And I've been that way pretty much all my life, so uh, I have to have things right. So even like uh, one of the stories that I had a lot of fun writing about, Coco- Coconut Island, which is about the tsunami that wiped out Hilo in uh, 1946. You know, i was mm-hmm. elsewhere in the world, but uh, it was terrible. It wiped out uh, about over a hundred some people, uh, and they came down from Alaska in under five and a half hours. They just installed. But part of that story is a mystery about a, what, what they thought was just an accident being drowned, but it was really a murder. And I had a lot of fun. Right. So you had a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I get it right. So people that visit the islands, they go like, wow, I didn't know that. Because the historic steps right, you know, even down to where people were, bodies were housed. I mean, it's horrible. Um, so what tools do
0: you use when you write? I mean, every author has their methodology. Like I said, the difference between pantser and 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 plotter, plotter being taking their steps to do so, plotting down the road. Um, but what do you
1: use? Do you have tools? Well, I, I think I am an in-between person because sometimes being a pantser is kick, sticking to a calendar that's like this one's 1942. And I create calendars, so that is a tool. That is 1942, and then I can put into the calendar whatever is happening that day. Uh, and I'm a real stickler about it, and I get kudos from that from Norwegians and Norwegian historians. That were wow, you got that right. You know, I'm not making up stuff. I try to do my very best. Make sure it fits absolutely and accurate. That's important, people.
0: People that know you're writing know that you're going to do that, and that's important to them to have it correct, especially when you're doing uh, the Daughters of Norway, those kind of things, that the groups that are that want to maintain that, that correctness of who they are, their backgrounds.
1: One of the scariest things I did, so I belong to the Sons of Norway Lodge in D.C., and actually they're the ones that kicked all this um, Zoom stuff off with me because... I was invited out of the blue after thing had been reviewed in Norwegian American newspaper. Got a crazy, really good review, and then the person who reviewed me, she emailed me, she said, I never contact an author, but she was happily really blown away with what I wrote. So I ended up being invited back in 2019 to come and speak to the Lodge, and I joined the Lodge. But so I do little things every now and then, and I was invited for the 75th anniversary of the liberation of Norway uh, to do wow. a 10-minute talk on the what was happening in Norway during the occupation. 10 minutes. That's <laughs> amazing. Amazing. <laughs> <In history. laughs> it's just a little old me up here in Washington State. But they I'm gonna give a talk for them in Nor in November about my trip and they're already, you know, they're giving me very high compliments. So I'll be careful that I don't become an imposter, you know, get the imposter That's syndrome. Great. Because I think I am at a stage now where I think I I think I think know what I'm talking about. And and the lovely thing about that, this time around, because I've been writing about this for 30 years, I didn't publish yes, think first, because it's my baby. They, it's indie publishing, essentially. Mm-hmm. I had traditionally publish essays and stuff like that so that's the traditional part but um you know this is my baby so I didn't do it a long time but this time around I have at my fingertips people that contact me or they say you need to talk to so-and-so so So, like I didn't know anything about you both for Pete's sakes in fact I think one of the questions is about transformers how do how do the submarines work and Bergen where I've set this place it's a whole new place for me I feel comfortable about Trondheim now. I've been there now and now I can say I've been to Bergen, but um, it was a little scary kind of stepping out. Um, um, that No, that's cool where you actually go and see
0: a place that you're going to be writing from. You get the feel of it. Uh, that's In my writing, I make up my own world so I can create what I want. But to you, you have something you have to attach to because it has to be to be accurate. That's the way it was. You have to have the feel of that. That's amazing stuff.
1: And the only thing is, in a way, we're the same because I'm creating a, I'm creating a world, but it has facts. Your, mm-hmm. But your character still has to function. Whether it's anti gravity or it's time travel, it has to make sense in some sort of setup. You know, it can't yeah. just be uh, for the reader to totally believe you could walk through a wall. Why can you walk through a wall? Well, this is why. You know, so, so it's the same way with historical fiction. I just happened to be, I just read something, you know, a couple of months ago. And, I, you know, it's selling really well. It's a nice book. But honestly, there's stuff in there that I go, oh, my goodness, I don't think that. Was. <laughs> I'm not going to about it. But it's sort of like, okay, I feel like I'm making sense. So people have re- reached out to me. And when I got home, I got so many emails. Because i needed to know the correct rank for my fictional person i had to have it right i had him going to a special school in germany no well, most of the guys in the gestapo and especially guys in bergen but pretty typically when they joined the police force they they were not police um, one of the worst guys that's in the novel is named kesting he was a carpenter i think that was his, his thing another guy was the shoemaker and so they did not come from policing. They just became part of the Gestapo, which probably made some of them extremely nasty. Mm-hmm. But, so they it was so great that they're sending me emails. I needed to know about how it's called Viten, Viten 3. is the. They always put the number address after the name of the street in Europe, especially in Norway.
0: You do a great job of it. Your work is excellent. I have read. In fact, I got a copy of up here um, in my files. And uh, so you're with Durham and publishing as a guest author there and you're continuing. I mean, you didn't stop. How long have you been writing?
1: Well, I always tell people I started with the funny bunny series in second grade. When I was seven going into second grade, that summer, we moved to Pittsburgh because he got a new job with Westinghouse and, uh, so actually, we went to, I think that summer, in fact, I don't know when the uh, event actually happened, but Mount Everest had been climbed, and they they came out with a documentary in 53, I think. I think I saw it that summer, not after we moved into our house, and so I wrote about Funny bunny uh, Climbs Mount Everest. That's my first literary effort, and... <laughs> And it's really fun to read it because definitely, you know, Everest was in my backyard. It's like one day, sunny day, I decided to go climb Mount Everest. So I did a series of those. And then I really loved Little House on the Prairie. And because I have par- parents, grand- grandparents who were pioneers going west. So I wrote a my first historical novel uh, called Jonathan Edwards, Pioneer or something like that in fifth grade, illustrated it. And, of course, it's totally wrong. It's a fifth grade. <laughs> you know, I don't know what history is all about. But that's start. And then I got my degree in history, and that's a different kind of writing. I wrote a thesis on Comanche Indians as prisoners of war, of all things. But I've been fortunate to work uh, as an uh, undergraduate intern at the Smithsonian my sophomore year. And I went back and did my research my senior year to uh, write serious stuff and i had a really good professor he was a stickler for how you organize your notes and so when i wrote Yusing, which really was the first novel i ever wrote i have index cards i have a complete big bibliography that i can go back to find the notes in fact i was looking for notes just uh about a month and a half ago looking for bristling Because I, somewhere in my craziness, reading all these books I get from interlibrary, because when I started writing this thing, there really wasn't an internet. There was no go Google this and that. I had to get things interlibrary uh, to come to get information. But Mm -hmm. there on this card, okay, bristling. You go for bristling in uh, the spring in Norway. And it's so that's right. that's my background that's my method i guess uh the other piece that's really important now you can't interview someone from the 1860s you can read their letters and and the mm-hmm. although you always recognize that even though it's a primary resource you there's always things with greatness it always has a perspective so you know they always talk about the rule of three in in historical research you need to have at least three resources talking about the same thing
0: that agree yeah yeah well we're running out of time here okay, um, okay. so it, we could talk forever yeah, we do when we go to conferences and things like that we just or writers groups or evenings day, we talk because there's so much joy in in both the writing of it the learning of the history of things obviously you spend a lifetime developing what you do now and obviously you do a good job of it. People nice. are buying your books and you're ongoing and building more. Um, so I I think we've got it today. We are going to have you back if you agree um, as we get this further, um, better polished and, and develop more. And uh, I thank you for being with us. Again, this is Janet Oakley and She's got a ton of books. Her newest coming out in the middle of September in 2023 is Bristling Code. It's the prequel to her Quisling Factor, which is also part of that set. Yes okay.
1: thing is
0: first. The youth thing is first. That's right, then Quisling and then Bristling Code. So check her out on Durham Publishing. We have her there as a guest author and I think all of your books there. Um, as well as others, and thank you for joining us and spending your time yakking with me. Thank you, I Janet.
1: Yakking is good. <laughs> bye bye.
0: Bye. Sponsored by DurmanPublishing.com.